Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. One thing the church always, must always be marked by is the message of the blood of Jesus Christ. A lot of things can change within a church, and a lot of those things are, are not biblical mandates, but there is one thing that we must always stand upon as a church, and that is that salvation is through the blood of Christ, and, and that is the only measure that we, he shed his blood on our behalf, died in our place, and that we and I are washed clean by his, the purity of his blood. And uh, I'm thankful for that this morning. Again, thankful for the songs. And I appreciate the scripture reading as well. I was thinking how fitting it is that we're reading through Psalms as we're trying to study and emphasize prayer. Uh, of course, that's what the Psalms are, is they're, they're prayers that are prayed. And Psalm that we read this morning even mentioned that. Many of them, if they don't say it within the verses, they will say it under the heading in your Bibles. You'll see a prayer of David, uh, uh, different ways that they're labeled. And... Uh, so as we read through the Psalms, we're learning about prayer as well. We're seeing examples of prayer that were, that were offered to God under the inspiration of His Holy Spirit. And we studied those on Wednesday nights as well, the Psalms. And so I think that's a fitting, uh, fitting, fitting scripture reading to be going through as well. Uh, but this morning we'll be in Daniel chapter number 6 as we continue with a focus on prayer. And as you turn there, I will... Uh, Reminds you that we, we looked at this passage of Scripture, Daniel chapter number 6, nearly a year ago, May the 1st of 2022, and in that, that study we looked at the entire chapter of Daniel, Daniel 6, 1 through 28, and as you turn here you may know the story that's found in Daniel 6 as you find your place before you ever look at the verses. If not, as soon as we read you'll know exactly what is happening in Daniel 6, and while we have looked at it a uh, within a year ago, I, I feel it necessary this morning uh, to look at it in light of our study on prayer. And so today we'll just read verses 1 through 13, which is primarily the instance that demanded Daniel's prayer and uh, then his prayer itself. I think there's a lot of challenge here for our, for our prayer life. So... We'll look at this text again this morning with the focus on Daniel's action in prayer. So if you will, as you find your place, I'll ask you to stand with me. Daniel chapter number 6, as we read this morning, we'll read verses 1 through 13. The Bible says this, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought, it, thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any God or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into 
the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Verse number 10, of course, will be where our focus will lie. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Lord, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. Thank you for the opportunity we have to gather together with believers, with the congregation this morning. We thank you for the freedom we have to worship you this morning. God, I pray that you'd help us now as we study your word. Lord, give us a hunger for the truth. God, give us a desire to know it better. Lord, give us a heart that would live it out. God, by your grace, I pray that you would transform us this morning. Lord, help the word to go forth in power and with authority. Lord, as I often say, Father, but I want to pray it with with, uh, sincerity. God, that you would... Help the words that come from my mouth, God, to be your word and your instruction, your guidance, and your wisdom for our life. God, let your word go forth in authority and power today so that it transforms lives, God, and does what I can never do. And God, if there's someone here today that's lost, Lord, I pray for their salvation, that they would look to Christ, to see their Redeemer, to see the blood that has been shed for them, where they could be washed clean and made pure. Father, we love you today. We thank you for first loving us. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. To grasp what is taking place here, the significance of what's happening in Daniel chapter number 6, a lot of it is given, I think, with some details, uh, or some cultural understanding, some historical understanding of what's happening, taking place, and where Daniel's at, what's going on, can help us understand more clearly what is taking place. So we find, as it was mentioned, there towards the end of our reading, verse number 13, it describes Daniel as one of the children of the captivity of Judah. That gives us the understanding, the reminder that Daniel was taken into Babylonian captivity. He served under King Nebuchadnezzar when the book of Daniel was opening in King Belshazzar in chapters 1 through 5. But now as we find ourselves in chapter number 6, a new dynasty has taken over, as it's mentioned here, the Medes and the Persians, like in Verse number 8, so now Daniel is serving, he's still in captivity, but a new empire has taken over, the Medo-Persian Empire, and you'll find that mentioned in that explanation given in many different commentaries. And so Daniel's now serving under this individual we're introduced to in verse number 1 named King Darius. And King Darius, according to the opening verses, has uh, set in place a rule of... uh, governance, a rule of leadership to where he has set over his kingdom. I think it gives us an idea of the vastness of his kingdom, the fact that he needed help in ruling and also a difference in how it's ruled and that he's the king but yet he is willing to give others authority. But he sets over his kingdom 120 princes. So he divides his kingdom up, sets 120 people over his kingdom. 
But then over those 120, there is three set over them. And Daniel is one of those three. But we find here in these verses of Scripture that Daniel, under king, according to King Darius, was preferred, of, according to verse number 3, above all the presidents and princes. And it says, because an excellent spirit was found in him, and, and he is so light, King Darius thinks so much of him, that King Darius is willing to set him over the whole realm, that King Darius is willing, to, willing and looking to give Daniel even more authority than he already had. I think the Life Application Study Bible makes a good point by asking the question, how well do you represent God to your employer? As those of us who believe in the one true God, we shouldn't make it our aim to be a menace to society. We shouldn't make it our aim to cause trouble or take pride in being difficult. Daniel, remember, is in a foreign land under foreign leadership, and he is still well-liked, he's still well-thought of. Now understand, this does not mean that we're willing to compromise truth. We're willing to compromise what God has told us right from wrong. We're not willing, or we are willing in these foreign places. We are willing in different cultural situations and in difficult cultural contexts to stand against idolatry, evil, ungodliness, and wickedness. Just like we have witnessed and experienced Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do earlier in the book of Daniel when they refused to bow down to the idol that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, they show us what it is to go to other places to seek to live at peace as much as possible with all men, but not compromise truth and our relationship with God. And Daniel sets that example for us yet again. Yes, he's in a foreign land, in a place where they have no recognition of God, a, a pagan place, but yet Daniel had an excellent spirit in him. Daniel's well thought of by the king, so much so that the king there is willing to give him a higher place of authority than he already had. I think it's fitting for us as believers, it's according to Scripture, to live peaceably among all men as much as possible. So where Daniel could, could live according to the rules of the Medo-Persian Empire without sacrificing his biblical, what he knew as to be truth given from God, Daniel would do those things. Daniel was well liked and noticed because of that Daniel had a place of influence. Daniel had a place where he could impact this ungodly and wicked kingdom and even these people, different people in authority. And I think that's something to keep in mind. Yes, we stand firmly and unapologetically for truth given in Scripture. We do not apologize for that. We do not stand uncourageously in those areas. We stand up where it's needed. But we also, according to Scripture, live peaceably among all men as much as possible. Because Daniel did that. He has now a place to make an impact. He now has an audience of people who will listen to him because he's earned their respect. But, all in the same voice, Daniel has the favor of his king, but because of that favor, all the other people that's serving around him, of course, that stirs up their jealousy. They, they don't like it. The fact that Daniel is, is at the, they are at risk of losing their leadership to another, having to answer to one more person in Daniel, they, have to, they decide they have to do something about Daniel. So in verse number 4, the other presidents, the princes, they sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. And as I mentioned about Daniel, they knew that they could not find an occasion or fault against Daniel because he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. So they knew that they would never be able to trap Daniel in breaking one of the laws of their empire. Daniel would do his best to live at peace with all men. Daniel would be faithful. I mean, that's a powerful statement. That they knew if they really looked into the life of Daniel, and they really examined his life, 
They would find nothing they could bring to the king to get him into trouble. They would find nothing they could present to the king to say, because of this, Daniel needs to be kicked out of his place of authority. They could bring nothing to the king to say, King, because of this, Daniel should not have your favor. They had nothing they could bring against Daniel. But they did know, according to verse number 5, again, a very, very powerful statement, that they said, We'll not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it concerning the law of his God. These individuals knew that first and foremost, before Daniel ever answered to the Medo-Persian Empire, before Daniel ever answered to King Darius, Daniel answered to God and Daniel would be faithful to God before he'd ever be faithful to King Darius or the Medo-Persian Empire. And that's powerful to say about the life of Daniel, that Daniel's enemies knew this. I mentioned in, when we studied this a year ago, as I was looking back over my notes, Daniel served God openly. Everybody around Daniel knew where he stood. Everybody around Daniel knew his faith. Everybody around Daniel knew the relationship that he had and the faith he had in God. I think certainly the world around us should know that as well. As we seek to live peaceably among all men, we are not shy about our faith. We're not ashamed of our faith. We live out our faith so that people know where we stand and people know our trust and our faith that we have in God. But then these, this crowd of individuals, they come, so their plan is they come to the king and they say, they offer this legislation, if you will, to the king, King Darius. And they say, all of us, all of us have gathered together. Everybody that you have that's in any kind of authority or position of power, all of us have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. So they're acting, if you will, or playing on the pride of King Darius. So basically what they're saying is, is if anybody, they're going to treat Darius like a god for 30 days. If anybody prays or make a petition to anybody else, whether it be God, whether it be one of their little g-gods that they have, or any other person, for 30 days, and they're going to be cast into the den of lions. So they asked the king in verse number 8 to sign this, establish it, set it in place. And according to their law, as it's mentioned, which is important, once it's signed according to their government, their cultural, their, their, their governmental setup, once it's signed, it cannot be altered, even by the king himself. And so verse number 9 occurs. They take this statute, this royal statute. King Darius signs it. It's in place. It cannot be reversed. It cannot be changed. And the consequence for breaking this law for 30 days is you'll be cast into the den of lions. Well, then that's where verse number 10 occurs. And that's where we take our lesson this morning, our message today, in the challenge it presents to us towards our prayer life. The way that Daniel responds is a powerful instructional tool which teaches us about some characteristics that should mark our own, our own prayer life. So this morning as we study here in verse number 10, there's just two things I, I just predominantly continue to bring, come to my mind as I looked in this verse and examined the prayer life of Daniel that I want to present to you this morning as characteristics that should define your prayer life. The first one I think anybody as they read, what this word probably comes to their mind is, is faithfulness. It's the most clear thing I see when I look at the prayer life of Daniel. But unfortunately, oftentimes, this is probably one of the, uh, this is maybe not one of the words that can define and characterize our own prayer life is faithfulness. I mentioned this again in studying this a year ago, but it comes to my mind once again that when these men, 
these other princes, these other rulers and presidents and governors came together to make this edict, to make this statute. It never once crossed their mind that Daniel might just not pray. They're assuming that as they make this, this decree that everybody else is going to stop praying, that they're going to only lift their petitions, their requests unto King Darius. But as they mention, as they go through their thought process, they cannot find any occasion against Daniel unless it be against his God. So as they make this edict, they know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if they do this, Daniel's still going to pray. It never even once crossed their mind that Daniel, he might just quit praying and this is going to do them no good. Unfortunately, this morning, our prayers are often hindered by very, very minuscule things compared to what Daniel faced. Someone said our prayers are usually interrupted not by threats, but simply by the pressures and distractions of our daily schedules. Daniel knew what the cost was. Daniel, even his enemies, even these people who are jealous against Daniel, they knew the faithfulness of his prayer life. They knew that just because they set this decree up, Daniel wasn't going to stop praying. Daniel was going to be faithful. Many of us, myself included, would probably be often ashamed of what we let stop us from praying. Fully acknowledge this morning, life is busy. Many of you know that better than I do, and you have children. Sure, I'm clueless as to how busy life can get. But again, our prayer life must be marked by faithfulness. You can always, if you want to look for these things, find excuses, find reasons not to pray. And if anybody had a reason to say, I'll not pray today, I mean, Daniel could have said, well, then I won't pray for 30 days. The, 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 the decree was only signed for 30 days. Daniel could have said, it'll be all right. No reason of me getting thrown into the den of lions. I'll pick up my prayer life again in 30 days. But for Daniel, that was not an option. Even though this high cost was in place, Daniel still had to pray. You will experience a lot of things that seem to stand in your way, and you will have a lot of different excuses a lot of different things you can present as reasons not to pray today. But let the prayer life of Daniel challenge you that even when he knew the cost was to be thrown into the den of lions, he went back to his home, into his chamber, kneeled on his knees, and three times a day, just like they did, prayed just like he did a fourth time. Praying is not always easy. You'll, you'll fight your flesh that will want to do other things. You'll fight your flesh that says, I need to be doing this, I need to take care of that. But again, Daniel reminds us there must be an element of faithfulness in our prayer life. Part of Daniel's prayer life was his, part of his, the faithfulness of his prayer life was his consistency. I love it. It says, at least in the King James Version, it says that Daniel went and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. The ESV translates that final phrase of verse number 10 as he had done previously. So Daniel's prayer life didn't begin right here in chapter number 6. Daniel had been praying. If you this morning, many people, their prayer life is kind of slack. Their prayer life is kind of inconsistent, kind of lags behind until adversity strikes. Until you know that the king's wanting to throw people in the den of lions for praying. Then a lot of us run to prayer. A lot of us seek refuge in prayer. And certainly we can pray when needs and burdens oppress us. But our prayer life should not start and our prayer life should not be revived in those times. But our prayer life 
should be consistent so that when a trouble comes, it's not that all of a sudden we're spending more time with God than we did before and I understand there's needs that come where we feel where we need that refuge more, but our prayer life should be marked by consistency to where we're praying, we are maintaining and, and growing in our relationship with God, whether times of testing have arrived or whether things seem to be well. According to before this, Daniel was well-favored, well-liked, had a place of authority, probably had things pretty well under King Darius, but he still prayed three times a day faithfully. Daniel's prayer life didn't begin here. The alternate to a consistent prayer life is that you never pray until you sense a need, but that's not the example that Daniel sets. For many people, that's what prayer, I think, is, is viewed as. It's just a uh, kind of a phone call in trouble. It's a, it's a safety line when trouble comes, but prayer is much, much more than that. Do you and I view prayer as a way to carry out our relationship and our fellowship with God? Daniel did not possess a prayer life where he only prayed when trouble came. Daniel prayed faithfully. I was talking to one of my youth at Tabernacle when I was there one Wednesday night after service, just uh, kind of quizzing her about different Bible stuff and asking her this different story, that story, and asked her about Daniel and the lion's den. I'll never, I don't think I'll ever forget what she told me. For whatever reason, it stuck with me, and it's such a simple explanation, but I think it's so powerful. I think the little young girl was six at the time, but she said, I asked her about Daniel, den of lion's den. She said, they told Daniel not to pray, but he did anyway. And will your prayer life, will my prayer life be marked by the same faithfulness? You'll have to understand quickly about a prayer life. Is this, you're going to have to pray through opposition. You're going to face antagonism that occurs against your prayer life. Things, it may not be King Darius. It may not be a royal statue that says you'll be thrown in the den of lions if you pray. But you'll always face things when it comes to praying, that you could use as reasons to not pray. But Daniel reminds us we must overcome those things and pray anyway, be faithful in our praying. But also the other thing that continued to come to my mind as I meditated and studied these verses of Scripture is the genuineness of Daniel. By genuineness, I mean that Daniel had a, a genuine, a real desire to communicate with God. Daniel was sincere about wanting to carry out his relationship with God. Daniel was genuine about wanting to honor and worship God. There's a sincerity that marks the prayer life of Daniel. In other words, if Daniel had been praying up to this point just because, or if Daniel had been praying up to this point just because that's what he did, he didn't want to get people on his case, and you know, why aren't you praying Daniel, if Daniel was praying for any of these subpar reasons, then at this point, none of that would have been enough reason to keep him praying. Once he faced adversity, if his prayer life was not genuine, if his desire to maintain closeness and fellowship with God was not real, then Daniel was certainly going to stop praying. Really, this genuineness is going to flow hand in hand with faithfulness because the only way we'll be faithful is there's a genuineness in our prayer life. If you just go through the motions of praying then the first time you run into adversity, the first thing that's going to be scrapped is your prayers, your prayer life, if it's not real. 
Daniel, you see in his desire to honor God, his desire to worship God in the way, the way he prayed, he opened his chamber, the Bible says, toward Jerusalem, kneeled upon his knees and three times a day. That's how they, they prayed. As, uh, in 1 Kings 8, 46, Solomon prays when he's dedicating the temple that when, if people were taken captive and they prayed facing Jerusalem, that God would hear them, which is likely why Daniel prayed this way. Even in Daniel's posture and attitude of prayer, he's honoring God. And in his sincerity, Daniel, he wanted to honor God more than he wanted to honor King Darius and more than he wanted, wanted to honor the Medo Persian kingdom. Daniel had a heart to conversate with God. And at the basis and foundation of our prayer life, that's what must be there. A desire to fellowship and have a relationship with God. Note, notice in his conversation how, what his prayer consists of. The Bible says that he prayed, or he entreated, if you look that word up. He asked God for things, but he also made, and he also gave thanks according to verse number 10. Dr. David Jeremiah points out, I think it says something about Daniel that he's praying in a situation where he's going to be thrown into a den of lions for praying, but yet he's still giving thanks to God in his prayers. Certainly a good mark of our prayers is to entreat God, ask God for the needs that are around us to meet those needs and to give thanks unto him. Just like Daniel did. Jan Daniel had a genuine priority on his relationship with God, with God, which is what led him to pray. Daniel was not going to let this statute hinder his relationship with God, hinder his fellowship with God, hinder his communion with God. That was Daniel's priority. A lack of faithfulness, a lack of genuineness in our prayer may be evidence to us this morning that there is not, our priority is, is somewhere else. Because that's what praying is. Praying, again, is not just a lifeline when trouble comes, but praying is how we carry out our relationship with our Father. What this genuineness means is that when your faith runs into opposition. A lack of genuineness means that your faith will crumble or it will show itself to lack sincerity. And our faith exercises itself through prayer. It's part of Daniel's sincerity and genuineness. He's not ashamed, as we mentioned of his God. He's not trying to hide the fact he's praying. He didn't just uh, hope, look out, don't seem to appear that he looked out the window, hoped nobody was coming. He didn't keep the windows closed. He's got the windows open. And he bows down in the posture of prayer. Daniel's not ashamed of what he's doing, and Daniel's not scared of the repercussions. But Daniel has a priority on his relationship with God. See, for you, there may be, you may have to carve out time 
to pray. You may have to say, I'm going to get up 10 minutes, 15 minutes earlier than I normally get up. You may say, I have to stay up 10, 15 minutes later than I would normally go to bed. But if, there is a, if our prayer life is modeled after Daniel's, I think that any of those things are necessary and fitting. We do what we have to do to pray. Because we can always say on the flip side of that, I have to go to bed. I have to get up early in the morning. I have to get the kids up. And all those things are, are valid and all those things are true. But do we have enough priority on our prayer life to say, I will get up a few minutes earlier. I will use my lunch hour better. Whatever it looks like for you and in your life, knowing yourself, knowing when you're best. You may get up in the morning and know if you tried to pray in the morning, you would literally fall asleep. And that may be the reality. So you know that you need, you need to set time aside of an evening. Of course, we can pray at any point. We can pray throughout the day, but I do think it's important we have times where we focus our attention is centered on prayer. So we do what we have to do. We carve out our schedules. We rearrange things because we have a priority on prayer. We have a genuineness to fellowship with God. So this morning I asked you the question, would this text read anything like it does if you were in Daniel's shoes? Would verse number 10 say what it says if this was you? If you were taken as captive into a pagan in an ungodly place, would you blend in? Would you fit right in or would you stand out like Daniel did? Daniel, as we read about in the New Testament, you and I are to be a peculiar people. And Daniel demonstrates what it is to be a peculiar person. His peculiarity is clearly demonstrated here through his prayer life. A great way for you and I to exercise our peculiarity is through our prayer lives. I want you to think about something as we close this morning, as, as we stand together, as our musicians come around. I want you to think about something that I realized is in reading these verses that Daniel had rather be eaten by lions rather than not pray. That's convicting. Daniel had rather be eaten by lions than not pray. Daniel's desire to pray. Daniel's desire to honor God was stronger than his desire to become supper for lions. Is that the strength of our prayer lives? If not, then let us press forward in our prayer life according to the example that Daniel was set. You say, preacher, I do my best. I try to set time aside. I try to pray. I try to honor God and let the text just encourage you this morning. Keep doing those things. Mark comes around and leads us. If you need to come and pray, maybe you have a specific need like Daniel. Pray for that need. If you want to pray about your prayer life, I think that's fitting as well this morning. God has dealt with your heart in any way to respond in this immediate hour. You please be obedient to him. As Mark comes around. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.